What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, episode nine. Today's going to be all about muscle building, and I'm joined alongside... Brandon Petta. How we doing, gang? We are super excited to talk about um, the topic uh, the topic of muscle growth and uh, making gains and making your time in the gym all worth it. Absolutely. So... Um, I think we'll start with like, there's like different stages to gaining muscle and, um, really you have kind of beginner, intermediate and novice. So as a beginner, uh, this is someone who's never really touched a weight before new to, uh, weightlifting advanced training. Um, they can put on 20 to 30 pounds of muscle in one year, which is really astonishing. That's a huge amount of growth in one year following that year's year. Number two, you're looking at about maybe 10 pounds. And then after that, you got like a pound a year. Um, and then we'll talk about the stimuluses and like the main factors to muscle sure. growth. But those, those that's really like a, a realistic idea of how much muscle you can gain when you start the gym versus when you become more into that advanced stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so oftentimes, obviously beginner gains are huge and they're real and people see these gains, like Chris said, the first six months and they're killing it and they're having so much fun in the gym. But then that eventually as you continue to be consistent with that um people will start to quote unquote plateau and they'll get to that area plateau and and they don't know what what they're doing wrong or or whether they should switch up a bunch of crazy variations or this and that and i have for example guys you got to think about it in a pure a pyramid i have a pyramid of muscle building of like the most important is at the bottom of the pyramid and less important rises to the top so when you're at that plateau period, what happens is you've been consistent. That's the base of the pyramid, being consistent. And when I say consistent, that doesn't mean the frequency of like six, seven days in the week. Consistent, consistency means months, years at a time. Right, right. When you are consistent for those three, four, five months, year year one, two, three, that's what I'm con- saying consistently. And that can be between three, four, five days in the gym a week during that time, typically. Right. Um, but after consistency, that's where intensity comes in. And intensity is going to be a major contributor. Like I, I'm saying number two overall in how to create that muscle. And a lot of times when people are plateauing, it's because they're not pushing the limit they're not quote-unquote putting adding weight to the bar um, week over week a lot of times that can happen because people aren't logging uh, in a journal or like on some type of app um, to remember what weight that they were using the week prior so how are they going to make progress if they're not pushing the limit week after week Um, another thing that comes with intensity so intensity happens when Intensity means working almost towards failure at the end of the set. So when you are pushing the weight up, let's say you're doing a bench press, and I'm if you're watching on video, I'm like acting out, like pressing, pushing my arms up. You are trying to push as hard as you possibly can, but the tempo isn't there. It's not a quick tempo because the gravity from the weight is obviously pushing back. So that press on that last rep towards failure it's a very slow fatiguing you're pushing as hard as you can and doing everything in your power to get that last rep up that is the intensity that we are talking about that a lot of people don't push themselves to 
in order to gain that muscle once they've quote unquote plateaued for months at a time or however long it may have been. I also think it's interesting because intensity and like this is like RP um, rating up perceived exertion, but I always wonder like what is your, you know, like what's your RP, like your scale versus mine? I think it's so crazy to think about um, when it comes to like pushing yourself. Because usually, I mean, when we're benching, there is a point where, like, you can't physically get the bar up. But you rarely see someone fail on, like, a squat. Like, when's the last time you couldn't get a squat up? Yeah, see, so, I, I always think about, obviously, you have to think about, like, safety in <laughs> right, mind right. as well. Because you don't okay. want to hurt, risk That might have been coming from a crazy <laughs> standpoint. But it's like, it's, at some point, your, your body or your mind tells your body, like, hey, that was enough. That was all we had. But was it? So I think that's another curious that's like an interesting topic. That's kind of a song for another day, but um, I mean to answer your question though, yeah. the way I I tend I try to think about it for myself and with my clients is I do the scale from zero to ten, ten being like until failure. But so what that means is if it's an RPE of nine, that means we can get we have one rep left in right. the tank, and ten is that failure. So I always I depending on the program by the end of it. Um, We'll work our way up towards that 9, 10 RP, but I always also let them know, like, when you're pushing the 10, you either need to have that spotter, um, depending on the lift or whenever, and you just have to be conscientious of uh, potentially harming, hurting, you don't want to hurt yourself or risk injury on yourself or potentially harm anyone else if if it's just way too much weight and you can't back it up. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm going to even take a step back here and say, like, go back to like the beginner phase and say like just lifting weights alone like if you're someone who hasn't really been going to the gym like you're gonna see results almost regardless of how hard you're pushing yourself it's like you were saying it's when we break into those intermediate and advanced stages where intensity becomes one of those key factors on Mm -hmm. how we're gonna break through plateaus how we're gonna make gains and um as someone who's been doing uh especially strength training now for five six years i am like in that advanced quote-unquote trained stage where i've been practicing things like the barbell squat the barbell deadlift for five years um and it does you do hit plateaus like i and sometimes these plateaus are very long and and they require completely changing up your programming switching to different lifts different accessory lifts um so it does you do reach almost like a genetic limitation and i don't want to like blame it on that but like there are points where uh the intensity doesn't it, you're putting all out but like the return is there and even things like deloads become like mm-hmm. key for that which is like giving your cns a break it, but dude you're absolutely right but so this is actually an interesting an interesting thing is sometimes you have to when you continue to just add weight to the bar uh, week after week, right? A p- there's obviously a point of time where you just can't you can't lift a million pounds, correct? Right. So at some point, you actually have to realize also: Are you trying to make strength gains or muscle gains specifically? Mm. Because the bar, uh, add, excuse me, adding weight to the bar is one way to increase muscle, but there's also other um, variables of right. progressive overload that come when it's time under tension that comes from um, uh, metabolic metabolic stress right. uh, vo- volumes and there's different right. ways to actually increase um, the size of your muscle that's not just adding uh, weight to the bar and those can be great ways and this is all advanced like this is yeah. not the, the novice doesn't have to yeah. doesn't have to worry about this 
But uh, as an advanced lifter, when you've hit a plateau for a while, there's different things that you can play around with when it comes to your tempo, working on different eccentric and concentric contractions. Pause reps. Pause, pause reps are huge. Exactly. Drop sets. Um, just and, and as I mentioned, well, those are – so then, then there's different – Going back to intensity here, mm-hmm. um, these are called uh, high intensity sets, but things like drop sets and rest pause. So a drop set would be like you're benching 135 till failure, and then you're dropping down to 115, hitting it again till failure. Then maybe going to 95 and hitting it again till failure. Mm-hmm. That is like a, sending a stimulus to your body, which is one of those key things um, to grow and to change. There's things called rest pauses, so that might be doing 135 on the on a barbell bench till failure, re-racking the weight giving it 10, 15 seconds of recovery and then hitting it again right till failure. This exactly. is like, I would say it's like kicking you when you're down. Yeah. Like you're down, get kicked again. Yeah. Um, and these are all, from my research, I've gathered like high intensity, these techniques, not something that you should be doing on every movement, every yeah. set. It's more or less maybe one, possibly two sets in a, in a workout. You might do some type of drop setting or rest pausing. Um, it really is... Because it does that, it's there's a lot of stress on the body. Yeah. Um. And physiologically, working out, weight training in itself does have hormonal releases. It is a stress on the body, which ultimately is what causes mu- muscle growth. Because, mm-hmm. think about it. If if you, the reason that when you go to the gym and you work out, the reason that we build muscle is we're adapting to a certain environment or a stimulus. Um. So in order to continue to see those adaptive changes, we need Mm -hmm. to continue to stimulate the body in new ways. Absolutely. And that even, you know, that's just maybe your main movement on like a leg day is a barbell squat, but you want to change up your accessory movements. And that might lead to increases in your squat because you're changing up the variety of exercises outside of that main compound. Absolutely. Um, and another, another important thing that always comes up is how many, how many reps do I do? How many reps do I do? Mm -hmm. So from as much research has been done about like rep schemes and this and that, I've heard so much like it's generally, it's generally considered in, in the fitness field that rep ranges between like six to 11, six to 12 is great for muscle gain specifically. Right. Reps from like zero to six or around where most strength gains happen. And then like endurance, um, like your endurance is like 12, 12 to 20 around there. Right. Um, and so what happens is, you want to make sure that the weights that you're using if your goal is muscle gain is that you're getting good work in and it's close to failure within that like 6 to 11 like somewhere within that range the thing about having like people always like bodybuilders use um super high volume and very light weights well so you have to think about it this way there's only a, and this is again like a little bit more in depth, but there's only a certain amount of actually effective reps that that stimulate muscle growth. It's all, it's also different because they're on, they're usually on performance enhancers, so they can go higher. The higher volume is actually more beneficial. But um, but it's, no 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 hundred yeah. percent. But it's also yeah. But we're not uh, me and Chris. Saying, are, most of our listeners are probably not. Yeah, using PEDs. But no, but the thing about with uh, the higher volume too is, so you have to do so many more reps at the lighter weight to hit that fatigue and that failure. So it's a much more efficient way to utilize your time if you're doing a little bit heavier in that six to eleven. I also think like if you're going for twenty reps, it's more. It's like the effectiveness of like you said those first ten reps. Are are they? Are you just blowing through them because it's lightweight? 
Also, I think it, that becomes more the mental game of what actually is failure because usually you're at this point of burning, not actual muscle failure. Um, and whether you're going to fight through the burn for three more or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not a huge – I mean I think personally when it comes to muscle like gaining, I like six to eight. Yeah. I think that it's very – I think 10 even becomes overwhelming. When you get under a barbell and it feels pretty heavy and you're going to say, I have to do 10, you might blow through the first floor just to know that you're within that kind of sure. range of, oh, I'm somewhat close to being done. Mm-hmm. So I've found, especially for myself and other athletes, going six to eight reps and saying, I want you to concentrate on giving me your best six reps possible, putting your all sure. into these six becomes much more beneficial and effective. Um and so I think as far as rep range, yeah, 6 to 12, I'll six do to usually 10. the 10 to 12 is more like isolation work. So right. your bicep curls, your tricep kickbacks, those it's your central right. like your nervous system and you're just not as um you, you're not you don't need to recover as much right. from from that from, as yeah, compared prob- to big compounds. Probably not doing sets of yeah, more for compounds on the 6 to 8. Bicep curls, I don't think I've ever done a set of six on. Yeah, exactly. Usually it's like 12. Yeah, exactly. 10 to 12. Yeah. Um, and then that being said, too, um, I wanted to do some type of play off that. Now I can't remember. I don't want to totally transition out All for right. you, but I did want to. So why, the reason that. I'm sure Chris stresses to his clients. I know I stress all the time to my clients about just getting the adequate protein intake too mm-hmm. afterwards. And yeah, it's not as important for the complete novice, but especially when that intermediate advanced stages, like getting the adequate protein is going to be huge. We've said in previous podcasts, uh, one gram per pound of body weight. So if you mm-hmm. weigh 150 pounds and you have 150 grams of uh, protein uh, in that day. But it's so important because that is how you're going to rebuild and repair your muscles. So you got to be on top of that. Absolutely. You have to be on top of that. Um, And and that's, so like what we do in the gym is actually not making us stronger. It's making us weaker. We're tearing down muscle fibers. We're breaking them apart, which is allowing room for proteins to bind and rebuild, which becomes stronger. So, the importance, especially as we become more and more trained, of rest, getting adequate sleep, adequate protein. This mm-hmm. is huge keys um, to making muscle gains, to making strength gains, size gains, um, big time, uh, rest and recovery. Another thing I find curious, a lot of people don't even know this, but actually there's two portions of a movement. There's the concentric, which I'm going to uh, talk about. Uh, we'll talk about a bench press. The concentric part of the motion is pushing it up. And the eccentric is letting it come down. Mm-hmm. More muscle damage, which is going to lead to that growth, is done on the eccentric. Meaning, as the bar comes down, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Like it's when I'm pushing it up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people I've found aren't aware that mm-hmm. actually, in every single movement, the eccentric controlling the negative portion of the movement is where we're doing more damage, which is going to allow for more room for growth and recovery outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing, and that t- ties into the intensity techniques of mm-hmm. control negatives. Um, and even pause reps, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Huge. So think about it. Let's say, for example, um, we have dumbbells that go up to 100 pounds here. If you're doing a goblet squat, to make that goblet squat 10 times harder, maybe instead of just the like a regular tempo, you do a five-second negative right. and tell me that that 100-pound dumbbell doesn't feel like an absolute boulder <laughs> by the end bricks, of five, yeah. five seconds controlled on the way down. So I think another thing to talk about, and you might have a different opinion, Brandon and I 
we are, we're not, uh, what's it called? Um, we're not necessarily, we don't always have the same opinion. So it's, it's, I think, but I think that, um, stim, so the stimulus, as we're saying, muscle building is a result of a stimulus and then resting, recovering and doing it again. I've always thought, and I've always preached hitting muscle groups two times per week, mm-hmm. um, which is an example of frequency. Um, and the way that I've always thought about it is rather than training my legs 52 times a year, if I train them once a week, now I'm getting 104 workouts in. Um, and I've, I've always noticed that, uh, or I've learned that after you've hit a muscle group, let's say legs, protein synthesis goes up in the muscle, in the muscle group for about 48 to 72 hours after, which leaves them on day three. So if you're doing a pull push leg or one of the uh, push pull leg split that by hitting them twice a week, you're allowing that protein synthesis to be spiked. And then when it returns to baseline, you're kind of hitting it again, almost always allowing for like growth and, mm-hmm. and, uh, protein synthesis to be occurring and one thing no and it's funny because i actually do agree with you on that point so it's not not something that we disagree on but i always like like to think about muscle protein synthesis almost as like a game of cat and mouse and the reason i say that is because it has to always be higher than muscle protein breakdown right so that's when people are on steroids when people are on the juice they are always at an elevated point of muscle protein synthesis. So it's con- it's constantly elevated. They don't have to continue to to ma- rise and elevate it again like throughout the week by hitting the different stimuluses. Right. And that's the difference. That's why you see these people who aren't natty, who are absolutely ripped <laughs> and jacked. Um, that it's because the, that's what the juice does. That's what steroids does. It, it makes it elevates muscle protein synthesis. So that that shit is elevated like twenty four seven. Yeah. No. And that's. that's that's unnatural. That's not found in nature. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's why, I mean, you see the people, influencers and stuff on TikTok and, you know, we, we don't know what they do, but, um, they are at a, a different type of advantage sure. having those types of things in their system. Um, but, and, but to also go off what you said with the two times, like two times a week, I, I absolutely agree with that. But I think a lot of people get a, a huge misconception about how much volume you actually need within right. those two days. Like you can hit four to five exercises. If your intensity is freaking there, like, and you're working your ass off, like let's say you have, um, let's say you have two push push days, or I like to do one push day and an upper day where I'll include chest in both. Um, as long as your intensity is there, you can do four to five exercises yeah. and fucking go balls to the walls working your ass up there and and it's a and you're gonna see growth you're gonna stimulate a lot of of muscle growth you don't need some people think you need like like eight nine exercises like on all right. these yeah, days like and they're just that you need the, the fly from underneath the fly from you need all top. you need decline incline and, and, and flat, flat bench press yeah. you don't need all that it's right. too much i always say it's like kicking a dead horse um, exactly and i think I always look at the muscles as gas tanks too. So like you have a certain, you come into a workout with a certain amount of fuel in you. And honestly, by the time you're done with your second compound in maybe your, we'll say your chest, you've probably almost run your gas tanks dry. So mm-hmm. at that point, by doing infinite sets of flies, you're really just kicking a dead horse. Exactly. And you could be spending your time making sure that those first couple compounds you're putting more effort and attention into rather than mm-hmm. just wasting fuel because you have seven more movements to get through. Mm-hmm. So that was going to be something I wanted to talk about too was, uh, was prioritizing compound movements. 
And a lot of times it's not fancy machines. It's not really that pretty. It's it's old school. It's textbook. But your dumbbell presses, your overhead barbell presses, your overhead dumbbell presses, so your squats, deadlifts, barbell rows, dumbbell rows, these heavy quote unquote compound movements, they're the bread and butter. That it's like that's where the money's made. I I see a lot of. Um, people trying to reinvent the wheel with silly kind of cable variations and whatnot. And not to say that they're not beneficial, but I think that sticking to your guns, sticking to these heavy compound movements are the best way to grow and build muscle. And not only that, like prioritizing them as the most important work, like movements in your workout. So if you, if it's a leg day, you want to prioritize your barbell squat and your barbell RDL because you're going to see, or dumbbell RDL, you're going to see the most return from these Mm -hmm. Um, and especially uh that we've spoke about before so when you're doing the compound movements you i always like to do them uh earlier on you like to do them earlier on in our in the session because first off you want to have enough energy in order to give it your all during those but what actually happens also is you um activate your central nervous system when you're doing those compound lifts and when your central nervous system is activated, the rest of your lifts, there's gonna, you're going to be able to recruit more uh, muscle fibers during them. Right. So it's like by hitting those like heavy compound lifts to start, you're actually also helping um, your later on lifts that are more for like that specific hypertrophy. Absolutely. Uh, like 8 to 10 reps range. And I think – I really think – because there's nothing fancy about what we're saying either if you guys notice it's very like cut and dry you know there's no secret to building muscle it's Mm -hmm. been around for a very long time so um and i think like that's where we get kind of caught up in all these different variations and, Mm -hmm. and crazy workouts that we see but at the end of the day it's very you know execute certain exercises to provide a stimulus rest and recover properly and that's really the keys to building muscle i think i want to talk um a little bit more about the time to when it, the time is right to build muscle. For example, a lot of people will come in like consultations or something or a lot of misconceptions like people are like, I want to build muscle and I want to get a six pack. Well, the thing is like these are two, you're going to have to go in two opposite directions in order to do that and what i mean by that is if you want the six pack you're gonna have to be in a calorie deficit when it comes nutrition wise when it comes to building muscle you are able to it is possible to be in a slight calorie deficit or at maintenance in order to uh increase your muscle but it's not nearly as efficient as being in a caloric surplus so my suggestion to everyone is that the time to build muscle is when you can get lean enough. Ideally, it's like 10% body fat. This is super like, this is very specific. Like not everyone has to follow this, but being leaner, just take this overall. Being leaner is a better place to start bulking rather than just like trying to throw on muscle as you're already big because the truth of the matter is once you're past 15 percent body fat your fat your body actually accumulates fat at a a much higher rate not to mention the a little bit more in depth the nutrient partitioning that happens when you are much leaner um i don't know and i mean yeah i've (laughs) i've felt it i've seen it firsthand when you were in, in a super lean state um, the body really knows how to process all the nutrients coming in, knows to send the pro- like protein for recovery. It's, it's really good at saying, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. As you put on weight, 
it's not as good. You're not as insulin sensitive. Um, and I will say like the best gains I've ever seen, I think coming out of my last, uh, competition, I was, I mean, I was measured at like 3% body fat and I That's came out wild. of that bull <laughs> in about six months and took my squat bench and deadlift numbers, nearly a hundred pounds higher on all three of them than I've ever seen. That's amazing. So in about a six month time frame, I was able to put on 40 pounds, still have like pretty good abs and, and like was stronger than I'd ever been. So yes, yeah, starting leaner when it comes to bulking is certainly better. Um, if you're, you know, if you're someone new to the gym, the stimulus alone of just playing yeah. with weights is going to allow your body to build muscle. So yeah. it sure. is possible to recomp quote unquote, which means we're going to burn fat and build a little muscle at the same time um, by being around that maintenance, maybe slightly under, um, especially if you're a beginner, the more train that you get someone like me. I basically have to wake up in the morning and have a goal in mind, whether it's I want to get stronger but and increase my calories and gain weight, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take that hit and possibly even get a little bit weaker mm-hmm. and lose the body fat and have a different type of aesthetic. So mm-hmm. um, it is possible, but it's not likely. It's the it, These are called catabolic and anabolic states, but in order to build muscle, we need to be in an anabolic state, mm-hmm. um, and that comes with food. Insulin is a huge... This is a fun fact. Insulin is the most anabolic hormone in your body. It's more anabolic than testosterone. I don't know if you know that. I know. I don't um, think So when you're bulking and you're eating eight meals a day and high carbs and, and insulin's pumping, that does lead to other things like, yeah. But anyways, insulin is very anab- anabolic. And when that's circulating at high frequencies and with protein in conjunction, it is telling your body to grow, to build. Um, unfortunately, you're also growing and building your fat stores. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it is a double-edged sword, but it is possible, especially in that beginner time frame. Um, and the and the time to end the bulk, honestly, what I've the the time that what I time I've, to end is when you don't feel like the, you look good anymore. That's kind, but you know that's kind of it, bro. Like yeah. when you're looking in the mirror and you're just like, all right, like I'm a little more thick than I'm comfortable with. Like my, when my you don't want to check yourself out in the mirror. That's when you know you're Yeah, scared. when when you can't look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, Jesus, like are you trying to like see there's no let me, definition. Let me put on this black t shirt so I look really big and that'll remind me why I'm bulking. Yeah, black t shirt, bro. What's no, I'm saying like a black short sleeve shirt that makes you look all big and brawling. <laughs> but you're God's hanging out just as far as your biceps. Yeah, that, that's pretty much usually the time to uh, to quit it and then time to go back uh, on the cut. Right, and I, I, <laughs> it, it's at the end of the day, it's all about goals. I mean, I tell everyone too, like the best. I I would consider myself pretty strong. I feel like I'm a strong guy. I've been really training hard, a lot of high intensity interval uh, techniques or high intensity techniques for a very long time, and. My best bench is 315, squat best was 405, and deadlift 545, which if you think about it for years and years and years and years and years of training them, you'd think it'd be higher, but it, it does like reach this kind of standstill point where like either the only way I'm going to really get those numbers up more is to like really bulk hard sure. or, you know, so determining your goals, like if you want to be a strong man, then like be a strong man and, mm-hmm. and just know that you're not going to look maybe the way that other people look or, you know, you want to be in the middle. But I think like at the end of the day, just like anything else, we always preach like having a goal, having something that keeps you kind of going and keeping it fun. Like mm-hmm. maybe you like 15 to 20 reps and if that gets your ASS to the gym, then fucking, sorry, now I'm swearing. 
then do it. You know, <laughs> it's like at the end of the day, we're, we're, we are people of health. We promote health and like, um, and, and muscle building is, is really fun, but it's not, you know, for everyone. So yeah, no, absolutely keeping not. Keeping goals in mind. And, um, another thing I will touch on too, supplements. I'm not like the, the biggest fan of supplements. Um, I spent a lot of time in college researching them down to the ingredients, pre-workouts, proteins, everything, HMB. And working at GNC. And working at GNC. Like, I know supplements like the back of my hand. And I will say, if there is one supplement and you're trying to build muscle, I do recommend that you take five grams of creatine monohydrate daily. I think that is a very highly effective. It's been proven time and time again. It's the most studied supplement of most all time. Most studied supplement it is not unsafe. There, there's plenty of studies that support its efficacy, its safety for long-term use, 20, 30 years. Um, and I think if you're in the gym and like you're trying to like achieve, even if you're trying to cut, stay on creatine. Every bodybuilding show I've ever done, I, I've taken creatine the entire time. Um, it doesn't make you, quote-unquote, gain any – it has nothing to do with fat stores. It's, it's it, water. Yes, water weight is fine. It, um, especially if you're lean and you're on creatine – all that water is being stored in your muscle cells. There's no fat cells to store that water in. Mm-hmm. So it is great for power, explosiveness. Um, oh, one, one thing. Muscles. Sorry, one thing about creatine too. That it's just a common misconception is a lot of people think when they take the creatine that they're just gonna get bigger and stronger. The creatine works by helping you with your lifts. Like you're able to lift more because of the water that's in your muscle. And muscle strength is in direct correlation with muscle size and um, and, and that's why we aim to increase strength and aim to increase our progressive overload and go up five pounds a week or 10 pounds a week on a lift because that increased strength leads to increased muscle size. Um, they work hand in hand. Um, and another thing to like think about too is like, this is a very long-term game. So if you're looking to like look like the guy on the cover of Men's Fitness, know that that man's been working hard for probably 10 years to achieve that physique. 100%. So like if you're in this for a quick fix for a, oh, I'm going to go to GNC and I'm going to buy the magic pill for $170 <laughs> for four weeks. I'm going to look like, you know, uh, The Rock. Like, no, yeah. The Rock's been working his ass off for 20 years. Yeah, all right? exactly. So don't think that that's not how this works. You got to be in this for the long run. You have to be programmed, calculated, um, and and at the end of the day, stick to those compound lifts. Six to eight reps on those compounds, maybe ten to twelve on your isolation movements. You don't need to overload with a bunch of fancy TikTok movements. We can stick <laughs> to these these things that we know work. Um, getting our protein in, resting, recovering, and going back all the way to the first thing Brandon said: consistency, not in the form of three or five days this week. But consistency over the next five months, over the next year, two, three, five years, that's what's going to get you to where you want to be. That's what's going to build muscle. Exactly. And if that consistency means that you got to throw in some wild cards in your training to just keep it fun and keep it light, like do whatever you have to do to just make sure you're consistent. That is the most important thing. Listen, if you've been training for five years and you tell me you want to do a month of CrossFit style workouts, what is a month compared to those five years? Do, like if that's what's going to make you happy, if that's what's going to keep you interested, then then do it. Because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Um, constantly stimulating our bodies and using new techniques. Like I have no problem. I Even we just got the the new the safety squat bar here and it's like 
I wanted to try it out. I changed it up yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, conventional deadlifts versus hex bar, leg pressing versus hack squat. Like keeping it fun. That like at this point for me, that's what keeps it fun. Changing up the styles, getting a little bit of variety. Um, and know. one more, and just the last thing, because for me, even for, this is kind of a big thing. So over the years, like I was doing the same routine forever, and. Although obviously like as over as time has passed and I've learned a lot more about muscle growth and and this and that maybe what I know now has taught me that I wasn't being optimal in the gym back then but my my point is it's never let's say you've been to the gym for years and you, maybe you weren't doing the things that me and Chris are suggesting maybe you haven't you never had protein powder in your life you haven't checked your protein your cows whatever it was never it's never been a waste to come to the gym. No. Do you know what I'm saying? Like maybe you haven't been as optimal with gaining muscle, but just the psychology and, and just how good for your mental health and, and everything it is to just show up, get the workout. The rest of your day was affected by the right. tone you set in here. And like we spoke about before, there's so much more than just the muscle growth itself. So we're continuing to learn and and this and that, but that doesn't, just because we, like myself, I wasn't doing things right for years means by any means that that was wasted time because those four, five, six years of doing like a similar, let's say routine or something like that set in stone, obviously it was, it was great for my mentals for that, the point in time I was doing it, but that created habits that now as i you continue to learn more and more that the gym is, is part of my like identity fitness is part of my identity so those times going just because maybe it wasn't optimal muscle wise they were never wasted right that's never. just one it's of, never a waste and movement yeah. is medicine yeah to this ex- day. exactly i can't tell you how many rough days and just getting up and going for a walk and you're like oh i feel better exactly movement is medicine um and there is no time wasted there's no, no such thing as a bad workout yeah yeah, so I like that, man. Um, major takeaways or we major uh, takeaways from today: consistency, long term <laughs> benefits, years, not days, years, months, <laughs> years. Uh, six to eight reps on the compound, sticking to the compounds. I think uh, stick to the compound. Six to eight isolation, maybe ten to twelve. Um, creatine is good. Protein is good. Um, and rest and recovery. Uh, and it's all about stimulus intensity. Push it. And uh, this is not my A-plus wrap-up game, but no, those are some good. good key takeaways, so use them. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us, Legacy Fitness Club, uh, or on Instagram. You can find Chris Wordman, Brandon Petta. We will be here for you. We got you. Hell yeah. Anything you need, let us know, and we will catch you on the flip side. Peace.